0: I'll get in trouble for this. I'm certain. But
1: welcome back, college football fans, to another episode of the Saturday Six podcast. I am your co-host AJ here with my co-host Tyler. We back, baby.
0: We promise we'd be back. We're back great slate of games as always college football is in full swing halfway through the season we should know a a lot more about these teams now I mean do you feel like you've kind of got them figured out a little bit more
1: yeah first I wanted to say we are back and we're back to stay unlike Texas um but anyways uh (laughs) (laughs) low blow yeah you're figuring it out right like it's hard to pick these games against the spread especially early in the season but as this Season kinds of uh, come into shape a little bit. It's getting a little bit easier, and we're doing doing pretty well so far. So above We say
0: that. Somebody's going to go, like, two
1: and four this week. <laughs> it may very well happen because pretty good college football action going down on Saturday. Got sure. Oregon, Washington. A top-10 team is going to lose. USC, Notre Dame. Maybe another top-10 team loses. We shall see. Before we get into it, Just want to remind you guys like we do, if you would, please follow us on social media at Saturday six pod. We would also appreciate it if you would just share the podcast with somebody, give it some love, pass it around a little bit and uh, continue to share it with friends. So without further ado, let's go ahead. You ready? Let's go. All right, baby. Let's do it. Let's go. Number eight, Oregon, going on the road. Gonna face off against number seven, Washington. Let's just get right down to it, baby. Let's not let's not mess around here. Save the best for last. Let's get to it. Got the Huskies as the home favorites. Two and a half points. 330 kickoff on ABC. Offense is gonna happen, right? Points are gonna be scored in this one. You got the number one and number two teams offensively in the country so far this year going at it man this one should be electric
0: man what are you thinking i think we got two heisman candidate worthy quarterbacks battling it out man and you love to see it it's going to be uh an absolute shootout i believe i mean you've got both these quarterbacks uh you know michael Penix jr he needs one more yard to get to 2,000 yards this season already which is Damn. insane for six games and it just seems like this Washington offense is clicking on all cylinders. I will caution people with this. We've talked about it before. We got Bo Nix going on the road. It <laughs> that gives is true. you a little cause for concern. <laughs> it, it's got to a little bit. I mean, he has looked good. They've got a established running game. Um, but Bo, Nix,
1: Bo Nix in his career against top 10 teams, 0-6.
0: Right, and I mean, this is a primetime slate. It's 3.30, so the home crowd should be woken up. Fans will have time to tailgate before they got to get into the stadium. Usually, if you're an away team, you want to see these a little bit earlier kickoffs. You you like the noon games and stuff like that because, you know, it kind of helps uh, with the home team sleeping in and getting a little bit too comfortable. Yeah,
1: for me, this one, like, this one is going to be billed as a quarterback matchup, right? You're going to see all the quarterback graphics up on the screen for this game because that's what people are going to make it: Michael Penix versus Bo Nix. For me, it comes down to which team can make plays outside of those two, right? Like that, I think Oregon is going to score points. Like I, I think forty is in the picture for them. So for me, it comes down to Washington. How many points can you score against this Oregon defense? This is definitely the best defense that they've played so far this season, I think. So, you know, if Oregon can get some pressure on Penix, and if he's having to do it all himself, like Oregon's really good at actually running the ball this year. As good as Bo Nix has been, it's been their run game. Washington cannot say the same, brother. I mean, we don't expect them to run the ball very well, but I think they got to try to – have some semblance of a run game, at least make Oregon think you can run the ball so that Penix is able to make more plays downfield because this Oregon secondary, I dogged on them last year. I mean, because they just weren't very good when they lost games. It was because of that secondary. They're actually much better this year than they were last year. One of the strengths of that team right now, I don't know, could get dicey for Washington at home. I I think I might go Oregon here as a as a road underdog. I just I think they get enough stops to hold Washington to around 40, and I
0: think that they score that amount comfortably. So uh, I'm going to take the Ducks. Realistically, we haven't seen either one of these teams play anybody outstanding so far. I think Washington's best win is either uh, like a, a Cal or an Arizona. And then, yeah, Oregon, they whooped up on Colorado. But, you know, that's kind of all you got on that side. I will say Oregon's defense is allowing about a hundred less point a hundred less yards per game than Washington. But uh it's the Michael Penix Jr. show, man. Ooh. Michael Michael Penix, Heisman moment. He's he's my front runner right now. I'll I'll go out and say that. He is my Heisman front runner. He's got all the tools to do it at home. You got to win by a field goal. I think that's a comfortable cover for me.
1: All right, on opposite sides to get it started. Let's go. All right, let's head to the SEC now. Got a game that maybe non-hardcore college football fans are maybe not paying attention to, but a sneaky good game here, I think. 3.30 Showcase on CBS Texas A&M, the Aggies coming off that loss at home against Alabama. They're going to travel to Knoxville now. Tennessee team that had a bye week. We're just sitting watching Texas A&M kicking their feet back last Saturday. Now they get to host them. Favorite by field goal at home. Got to take them to win by more than a field goal if you want to avoid that push. What are we
0: thinking here? Aggies balls? I think it all boils down to who's going to slip up and make the mistake on Saturday. I mean, you don't have – neither one of these quarterbacks, Wegman, Milton, you know, they're capable, but they're not, you know, all-stars by any means. Um, So I I think it's whatever team can limit their mistakes, limit turnovers, and rely on their run game a little bit to get them where they need to be. I mean, Tennessee's running the ball much better than they did in years past under this offense – I think we we saw a little bit of a glimpse of it last year. They were somewhat capable up until that Georgia game of running the ball, yeah. um, but they are much better uh, this year. I think whatever team can limit their mistakes and capitalize on the other teams, it's going to be a game of field position, game of uh, special teams. Uh, that's going to be who comes out victorious here. I mean,
1: I think you're keen to touch on it because Texas A&M has got a minus three turnover differential so far this season. Like, they've, that's been a problem for them. You know, I've, I do like Tennessee's run game. Like, this is not the Tennessee team that we're used to seeing from Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and, you know, all those amazing talents that they had last year. Those guys are gone. And it's Joe Milton and a pretty lethal running attack. They're seventh in the country in yards per game this year. Then, on the flip side, like this Texas AM defense, it's the secondary that's the question. The front seven's got some dogs. I mean, they got four and five stars loaded at, at every position, too deep on that front seven. So I think they might be able to stifle that Tennessee run game a little bit. And then it's like, can, can Joe Milton be accurate enough to beat this secondary? We know he's got the arm, right? Like we saw Milro connect on some big, deep passes to Burton last week against this AM secondary. If Milton's accurate enough, I think he could be able to do that if the run game gets stuffed. So I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna take him to cover by more than a field goal. I just, I I don't have a, a ton of confidence in it. I'm right there around fifty-one percent with Tennessee.
0: Give me Tennessee in Rocky Top. I mean, good um, old Rocky Top. Woo! Yeah, three thirty, CBS in tennessee it's a tough place to play it's an enormous stadium they're packing over a hundred thousand fans in there and uh those rednecks up in appalachia are gonna be prime for this game (laughs) i i think dude i actually i like tennessee i'd love to go see a game there but i think this this run game for tennessee is just enough i think you know, Joe Milton might have a little bit better of a game than he has been throughout six weeks of this college football season because of the question marks on Texas a and m secondary. And I think it's enough. I think Josh Heupel has a lot of good things going for this Tennessee team. And I look for it to continue. I've said it before. I'm not high on Texas A&M this year. I didn't pick him against Miami. And I'm probably not picking them in many other games going forward. I
1: hear you. I mean, so you'd say your confidence is higher than fifty-one percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, three point a three point spread's not hard to cover, right? I mean, it, it's so low. If you were talking a seven point spread, something like that, I might get a little bit more uneasy about it, but I'm pretty confident in Tennessee here. They can if put I, up
1: points. If we're sitting here next week and Tennessee has their leading rusher has sixty-five yards.
0: Do they win or lose? I think that they win. And the reason being is because, like you said, I'm not going to discredit Texas a ms front seven. Um, so, if they can limit them to 65 yards, it's probably about what I expect. And you're just talking leading rusher, not light rushing right. total. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tennessee ha- has a couple of backs that they'll circle in and out. Yeah. Um, And then I I think that they got the weapons to expose Texas A&M secondary a little bit, which will help them out. So I'm still, I'm I'm comfortable with that. That's fine.
1: Number 10, going to go on the road against another top 25 team. Got the USC Trojans undefeated, but they got to go to South Bend. Fight off those fighting Irish that you love. Now, uh, they lost last week. Wasn't pretty against Louisville. We touched on that in the last podcast, but... They are favored by a field goal at home against number 10 undefeated 6-0 USC Caleb Williams and company. You know where to
0: find Notre Dame 730 on NBC. What do we think? It's interesting. I mean, we've said we got Notre Dame as like a four loss team and USC as maybe a two loss team and you know, where is USC getting these losses from? Eventually they got to start coming. Um, And I think I think the key thing here is, I mean, we've touched on both these teams, you know, a few times so far. USC has got a great offense as long as uh, as long as Caleb Williams is in the game. Right. As long as Caleb Williams is putting on a Superman cape, they got a great offense and a piss poor defense. And <laughs> just to say the least. Notre Dame doesn't have a bad offense. I think that they're much improved from what they have been with Sam Hartman. I think it was a very down week last week. It was something that uh, not many people probably expected, even um, especially after, the, you know, how well they played against Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame... They didn't, they didn't score a lot of points against Ohio State, neither. But they played Ohio State very well. Um, and I think Notre... The big thing is, is going back to that Ohio State game, you see Notre Dame's secondary running with the likes of Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Amike Ibuka. You know, these these guys are going to be like first-round draft pick talents, and that's what you're going to have to do to slow down Caleb Williams. Let Caleb Williams take off and, you know, scramble for six, seven yards here. That's fine. Don't let him hit the big shots downfield to those receivers. And I think that this is a very uh, capable win for Notre Dame. I've been high on them all year. I think that uh, I think that this is a turning point. I think USC does lose a couple games this year, and this is going to be one of them. Oh,
1: boy, man, if it happens, that would be so crazy. Like, after losing... Losing to Louisville last week and then turning around and knocking off USC and giving them their first loss, that would be incredible. You're going to die on this Notre Dame hill.
0: <laughs> Just, I will.
1: We're going to ride it until the
0: wheels fall off. I will die on the Notre Dame hill, and I will die on the anti-NC State hill every single time. I uh,
1: I kind of want to fade you here, but, I mean, you make a lot of good points, right? Like the secondary for Notre Dame. It's the perfect matchup for them. It really is. And so I think you might see both teams try to run the ball here. Like Notre Dame, I have no doubt that estimate is probably going to go for 150 in this game. You know, I just I see them cycling so many backs in and out and USC just not being able to stop it whatsoever. I think they can probably take this game out of Sam Hartman's hands for the most part. And then. Is USC able to get anything going with Marshawn Lloyd against that Notre Dame team? I think they maybe can a little bit. I think this is a lower-scoring game because it is a more run-heavy game than, than we might expect. I'm a rock fighting hours, too, man. I think it happens.
0: <laughs> I think
1: it happens. I said in the wow. last podcast, the first time that this USC team plays a decent defense, which is what Notre Dame is, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And I think it happened Saturday night, 7.30 on NBC. Just saying. It's the perfect recipe. The storm is a brewing. I think so. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the ACC, a little Atlantic Coast Conference action going down Saturday night, Miami. Uh, I'm just as shocked as you guys. We're sitting here talking about Miami after what we saw go down last weekend. But they're still in the top 25, only that one loss so far, and they're going on the road against a conference foe that's ranked number 12 in the country, the UNC Tar Heels, undefeated 5-0. Three-and-a-half point favorite, got to take them to win by more than a field goal here. Night kickoff on ABC
0: 730. We've seen some good things out of this Miami team. We've seen some bad things ugly things like last week but we've seen some good things and that's why we're still talking about them i mean the way that they handled texas a&m was borderline immaculate um so i think that this is one of those games where you know miami is a little bit of a sleeper team they're still in that top 25 so you know not by much but you know they are a very capable team they've got all the talent that unc has maybe a little bit better talent on the defensive side. Um, and then USC, I mean, the question for me is you got Drake May. I mean, that's the name to know in Chapel Hill. And we've seen a little bit of an issue with, you know, turning the ball over from Drake May in yeah. the first couple weeks. And I I think that's kind of the storyline for me is what can Drake May do protecting the ball Um, and can his offensive line keep him upright against a little bit better Miami defense than what they're seeing in practice? But if they can do that, I think Drake May could absolutely carve Miami. He's got all the talent around him to do so. And uh, yeah, I think I got to go. I got to go Tar Heels here. It's just three and a half. I'll take it. I think Miami is just—they make some boneheaded mistakes, and then you know Tyler Van Dyke just isn't the great quarterback that you know everybody thought he would be coming into that program.
1: Yeah, this one's tough for me. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I I've, I've liked what I've seen out of Miami too. Like uh, aside from who their head coach is, they've got talent. <laughs> this is a good Hurricanes team this year, and Tyler Van Dyke has looked kind of like he did two years ago. We saw slump last year but he's he's definitely come back to form I think you know completing 72 percent of his balls 12 touchdowns four picks I think that's decent you'll take that I, I mean they got some running backs too like can they take advantage of a UNC defense that has been mediocre at best sometimes I think it's possible but it's just like um, I mean, if this is a a three and a half point game, is Vegas if Vegas is right on this, like this is a close game, do I trust Mario Cristobal to out coach Mac Brown? <laughs> I mean, Mac Brown's got the second most wins all time behind Nick Saban. You don't think about that, but it's true. This man mm-hmm. has coached some ball and he's won some games. And if I get, if I think it's a close game at the end. If Miami's able to run the ball and score some points, if Drake May is able to make some plays and score some points and it comes down to the final possession, do I trust Mario Cristobal to fumble the ball or Mac Brown to somehow get another win? I think I'm going to go Mac Brown. Uh, I'm going to ride Tar Heels as well. A solid point you make there. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the SEC. Back to the SEC for another matchup that may be a little hard to hype up. After what we saw last week, but still the first loss so far this season for both of those teams last week. Missouri sitting at five and one, going to visit number twenty four Kentucky, who is five and one. The Cats are a slim two and a half point favorite, seven thirty on the SEC network. And like I said, kind of kind of tough to hype it up, but like these could potentially be the third best teams in the SEC East right here.
0: Behind yeah. Tennessee and Georgia I mean I gotta disagree with you I, I think that there there's plenty of hype to go around for this game I'm not judging either one of these teams off of a, a single week right now not when we have such a big sample size to go off of at this point um Missouri can put up some freaking points man this is a vastly improved Missouri offense than what we're used to seeing you know Yeah, they lose by 10 points to LSU, but they were able to do some really good things uh, so far. And then Kentucky, I mean, they've gotten here on the back of their running back. I mean, that he's literally their entire offense. And this is where I think it can get kind of tricky for Kentucky, even being at home. I think that they're a very one-dimensional team right now. And Georgia just set the blueprint. I mean, Georgia figured out how to beat them. You stopped that run game, and you got Devin Leary, who's not a super accurate passer, you know, trying to air the ball out, and that's the blueprint for success for any team that's trying to face this wildcat offense. I mean, and... the,
1: but but Missouri ain't Missouri got the, the dudes that Georgia has. You gotta, you gotta have those guys too. I mean, it, it, they don't it have easy. the guys, but, but it, it looks easy if you turn on the tape. But, it, but do you got those guys? I mean, you can, got eight of them to put in the box.
0: That's basically <laughs> what it that's basically what it's going to take. You stack eight in the box and make Devin Leary throw the football. I, I mean, mean that that yeah. that's what it's going to take. And regardless if they can stop it or not, I, I think Missouri has the offensive firepower to go shot for shot with them. And that's why I'm going to take the Tigers in a little bit of an upset here. I'm going to take them outright to cover a a two-and-a-half-point spread. They can win by a field goal here. They got the offense to do it, and the blueprint is set. We're going to go four straight.
1: I got Missouri, too. Look, Brady Cook, Luther Burden. It's been a deadly combo so far this year, and – Kentucky is a physical team. You know, they're pretty decent at stopping the run most of the time. But those DBs look pretty questionable last week. And again, the guys on Georgia's offense are much better than the guys on Missouri's offense, you know. But Brady Cook is is a pretty damn good quarterback. And I, I think he's going to have su- some success. I, I just don't know what this Kentucky team. Like, this Missouri front seven is actually pretty good. Like, this is a team that, that usually plays some pretty good defense. Like that's what they were known for before this season, before they started deciding to score some points. So I I think they get it done too, man. I think it could be a touchdown win, honestly. All right, so let's head to the last one, baby. Number six of the Saturday six picks. Got a Pac-12 showdown going down. Number 18, UCLA, 4-1. and Big win last week over Washington State. They're going to go on the road, though, to Corvallis. Number 15, Oregon State. We've talked about them already. Five and one. Gotten big wins already. Three and a half point favorite at home are the Beavers. Eight o'clock on
0: Fox. What you think? I think uh, I'm going to go back to it, man. I think I'm interested to see a little bit of a quarterback battle here. UCLA has got the highly touted freshman. Oregon State has the Clemson reject. And DJ no you, no, you didn't. I mean, it is what it is. But I, I mean, I'll give him the credit where the credits due. He's had a solid season. I think he's bounced back from a little bit of struggles. You Obviously, for that, <laughs> I, I don't think he's played the same you know level of competition as he was uh, at Clemson. But this offense suits him, and he's running it to perfection. We saw him against Utah. He looked very, very good. Um, and I, I like what Oregon State's able to do at home. I think UCLA's still got some growing pains to go through. You know, freshman quarterback, again, um, he is a dual threat. So that that's going to give Oregon State's defense a little bit of trouble there. But I don't think it's anything that's too far out of reach. And I'm going to take the Bees.
1: Well... Uh, I'm glad that we were on opposite sides for the biggest game of the week. Um, we're going to be on the same side for the rest of them. I, got, I like Oregon State, too. I Look, we saw them beat Utah at home. It's a tough place to play. Like The, the stands are basically on the field. Like I think there's like maybe five yards on the sideline for you to stand. It's a, it's a decently tough place to play, especially if Oregon State is halfway decent, and they are this year. DJ's played well enough. And the run game has been really good, right? Like we saw against Utah, Martinez was able to get going. They can spell him with Fenwick. They've got playmakers on the outside as well. I, I think they can get it done too. What I've seen from UCLA this year has been okay. You know, the the front seven is really good on defense, and then they have a freshman quarterback on offense. I mean, they're they're. It's a five-star freshman quarterback, so there are really high highs, and then there are really low lows. I mean, he's completing fifty-three percent of his balls, so it's not exactly something that that scares me. Uh, I think I've seen Oregon State do it, and I've picked UCLA to do it, and they haven't. So uh, I'm going to be on the same side. I got Beavers in this one too.
0: Sweet sounds like a six and zero week for me, and a five and one week for
1: you. That's respectable. (laughs) Or a one in five week for me, you know, and zero in six week for you. You never know. <laughs> so uh, it was fun, man. Any final thoughts from you? Another another week in the books, baby. How's baby girl doing?
0: She's doing great. Um, my sleep not so much, but you know <laughs> we're we're all right. Uh, <laughs> Still gonna try to catch some football on Saturday somehow. Oh, most definitely she'll she'll be in her finest Georgia gear, no doubt. Um, but that's it. Give us a follow rate the podcast uh follow us on instagram at saturday six pod interact with the posts that aj's putting up each week and we'll see you back here for the recap
1: yep before too long for my brother tyler i'm aj and this was another episode of the saturday six podcast see you soon Deuces.